Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through your day. Now, here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope a place where you get to believe what is possible for your life. I am so blessed to be able to bring back again today a guest that we had last week and who now I'm beginning to call my friend, Sue Borgerson, who lives in Lakeville, Minnesota with her husband. And we were discussing last week how she had lost her daughter, Kayla, coming on 11 years um, in a car accident. And so we're going to pick up this conversation, Sue, with um, saying hello to you and acknowledging um, the power and, and the heart and the authenticity of you to show up and to be able to do this because I, I know that it can be very painful and hard. So thank you so much. I am so grateful to have you here. You're welcome. Thanks, Nada. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. So last week, Sue, we were talking about that Kayla gave the gift of life by becoming a donor. And she had given five organs to four people and had donated, um, I believe, skin tissue and corneas. Am I correct on corneas? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. And, and there's also, because this could take us an hour, so I'm going to try to condense as much as I can. But there's this really sweet story of how Kayla made the decision to be an organ donor at the DMV. Can you share that with us? Right. Kayla did not like making decisions in life. As her mother, I was always trying to get her to make her own decisions. And I remember when she passed the test, you have to fill out the application and sign it. She looked at that very first question should you check the box to be an organ donor? And she asked me what she should do. I told her it was a personal choice and she needed to make that decision. She even argued with me and she said, come on, mom, just tell me what to do. And again, I said it was a personal choice. She did think about it for a minute and she said, well, I'm going to check the box. I would like to know that if something ever happened to me, that I would at least be able to help other people. Never in a million years did I think we would be faced with that decision. Right. Wow. Yeah, because you don't. You just don't think. You just don't. It never is going to happen to me. Yeah. Amazing. I never repeated that conversation. Didn't even think about it once we walked out the door. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So you were blessed to meet with a couple of Kayla's organ recipients. What was that like? And can you share a little bit of that with us? Yes, uh, we've met her liver recipient and her heart recipient. Um, her liver went to a 12-year-old girl. Hallie had actually just turned 12 um, the day before the girl's accident. Um, that weekend, she was to have her sleepover birthday party and she had to cancel it because she got the call and she got a liver instead. Mm. Um, so we've met Hallie and her whole family 
We've become good friends. It is good for us to see that that's one more family that did not lose a child. And, you know, the other thing Life Source tells us, it isn't just that Hallie's life was saved and impacted. It's all of Hallie's friends and relatives and everyone else who's so thankful and so grateful that you impact numbers and numbers of people by donation. Um, I remember when they came to our house, uh, when we met her mom and dad and Hallie all came to our house. Um, Katie was here. Kyle was, he had moved out by that point. Um, and maybe in the beginning it was awkward, but we really connected. And I remember saying, I can't believe Kayla's liver is in our house again. Yeah. And then I kind of said to Hallie's mom, I, maybe I shouldn't have said that. And she was like, no, 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 don't worry about it. You know, we're not offended. I, it's nobody writes an instruction manual for what do you do when you meet your loved one's organ recipients? You know, I remember when they came over, we ended up sitting on the family room floor playing a game, all five of us together. And it was the girl's idea. Well, let's play this game. So we did. And we've just connected with them um, and been, they live in the Twin Cities and we've been friends with them ever since. Wow. So when you, oh, I'm sorry. Well, and then I was going to say to the heart recipient, um, we've met her. She and her family also came over to our home. I just, she's a mother of three, just like myself and my same age. I just kept looking at her kids thinking they still have their mom. Um, so it's been, again, a very healing and good thing to see how healthy they both are. Um, both of them are doing very, very, very well. So that's good to see. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that that you and your family have a lot of contact with Hallie and her family. And does it ever cross your mind now, because almost 11 years have gone by, and does it ever cross your mind when you're looking at Hallie that Kayla's liver is inside of Hallie, or do you just see Hallie as the whole being, and it's just a different relationship that you have with her now? You know, I, I would have to say it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I do look at her sometimes and I think, wow, you know, Kayla's liver is still living on in someone. Her legacy is still carried on. Um, but Hallie definitely has her own personality. Uh, so I see her also as as Hallie. Yeah. Yeah. And and how is it that Hallie and Katie, how did how do those two get along? Oh, they've gotten along fabulously um, from the beginning. I, I think for Katie, you know, it's kind of that, it's not just that an old person got her organ, you know? Yeah. So they've really, they have a lot in common. They both love cats and um, they're always very chatty whenever we get together. Um, and it's been good for Katie also to have that relationship with Hallie. Absolutely. Yeah, because Hallie was only, or, or still is, only three years younger than Katie, correct? 
Yes, that's correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they're pretty similar in age. And yeah, how beautiful is that? So, so what has Hallie gone on to do since now? So if she was 12, she's what, 20, almost 23 or is 23 now? She's 22. She'll be 23 this fall. Okay. When is her birthday? Her birthday is November 4th. November 4th. Okay. All right. So what, what has she gone on to do with her life? Because now, right. She, she has, I saw a video of hers um, and, and I will make sure that, that that gets into the show notes, at least on my website where people can go and watch these videos because you shared some beautiful videos um, and we'll dive into that a little bit deeper, but she is vivacious. She's full of life. Um, right. She's just animated. And so is your daughter, uh, Katie. Yes. And, uh, yeah. So what, what has Hallie gone on to do now that she's 22 years old? Well, she's graduated high school. She's living at home and working. Um, so yeah, she just appreciates, you know, every day. It, and it, it amazed me at such a young age, how she got it. Um, you know, she, she got that this was, a second chance at life and how special she was to receive this liver. So yeah, she's uh, working and living at home right now. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful. And she is a beautiful young girl and there just has to be, I don't know. I know when I was watching her, I never, I never met Kayla. I don't know who she is except knowing her through you, which is one of the reasons that I think this kind of work is so important and so powerful because as mothers, especially when we lose our children, I think, oh, it makes me want to cry. <laughs> ah. When we yeah. lose our children, I think it's it's easy to get bitter and and to shut our hearts down and to hate everybody and to hate the world. And when we can do work that helps other people and to know it's not. It's not easy, but it's doable and we can do this. And, and I think the more that, that um, we know that there's other mothers that have done it, that's what I hung on to. I hung on to, I knew there had to have been millions of mothers who have been in my shoes. And if they can do it, then I'm hanging on to them, whatever power and energy they had and strength. I'm hanging on to you and you have to pull me through this. And, right. Oh, and I remember being so angry. Yeah. So angry. And there was a handful of days in the beginning when I just stayed in bed and didn't go to work and didn't do anything. And then, like I've said, too, there was another handful of days where I probably should have stayed in bed because I was angry at the world. Yeah. But I knew I just didn't want to go through life that way. Right. Right. Yeah. And it, and it just doesn't honor that loved one that we lost, and especially our child, it just does not honor them. And it doesn't mean if somebody else is in a in a place where they're struggling and they're having a hard time and they are feeling very angry and they are bitter, it doesn't mean that they're doing it wrong. It just means there's other ways that that we can do it. And and I just think the more people that we know that do it in powerful ways, the more it gives others permission. Well, I can do that too and still know that I'm loving my child by really fully living my life with passion and purpose and, and doing it, just really living life full on because I think that's how we honor our children. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So Sue, could you tell us how Kayla's gift of life 
has impacted you? Um, well, since then, since she donated organs and we met two of the recipients, I've become very connected with LifeSource. You know, one thing I can say about LifeSource is prior to this experience, I just kind of thought they took your organs and you never heard a thing from them mm -hmm. again. Um, but, you know, you get updates on how the recipients are doing. They have family gatherings to honor um, the deceased organ donors. Um, they're very cognizant of the idea that, yeah, it's great that recipients receive organs, but that's due to somebody's tragedy or somebody losing a life in many situations. Um, so I felt very good about that. I felt very good about the organization. So I've become a volunteer speaker for them. I speak to driver's ed classes, rotary clubs, healthcare professionals. Um, one thing in Minnesota, we have a state law that since kids have to make the decision when they pass their test, um, it is a state law that all driver's ed classes include some education for them on organ donation. And I know it's something that Kayla did not have when she went through driver's ed. That law was passed since she went through driver's ed. So what a wonderful thing. I think of how indecisive Kayla was that day. And I think if I can speak to driver's ed classes and you know dispel the myths or let them know what organ donation is like or what it means to us and our family, um, what a great thing for them to make an informed decision. I don't want them to be wondering what this is all about. Right. And I think that it's so true. And I never even thought about that until we have this conversation is because probably the majority of teenagers don't really give any thought to organ donation unless they've been impacted by a family member or a friend who had who had to have an organ um and so it's just like organ donation no or like why would i even do that not even or, or check the box and not even realizing you're checking a box that this is saying I'm, I'm giving permission for my organs to be donated so so that is so impactful that the teenagers, young teenagers, just learning how to drive, get to know this and how it changed the lives of, of five people and or four people with organs and countless other people's, right, with the with the tissue donation. And exactly how you said it, because it's not just Hallie and Hallie's family, but it's the ripple of every other person that Hallie and heart recipient and the other organ recipients and tissue recipients. It's the impact that all of those other people receive because of that person still being here on this planet. So this gift of life is that huge ripple in the ocean that impacts everything. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah, it's just, I think it's, I think that's powerful work. And whoever it was that decided that driver's ed um, kids needed to know about organ donation. I, that's that's a, a beautiful gift. And I'm so glad that, that you are one that is in there educating and teaching these kids. Um, and there's something that the kids call you at the driver's ed when you are doing your work. <laughs> Can you share that with us? Yes, they call me the Skittle Lady because... <laughs> Skittles was Kayla's favorite candy, and she um, 
wrote a paragraph. She wrote it. Actually, what she wrote was uh, um, an assignment to answer the question whether you're an optimist or pessimist. And she backed up her reasons why she was an optimist. Um, and then, you know, she had this concluding paragraph about Skittles that I read to the kids and pass out Skittles to them. Um, so, yeah, people call me the Skittles lady. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you shared with me. So this is kind of um, I, I just remembered this when we had our conversation. We were talking about receiving signs from our girls. And you receive a sign or signs from Kayla. Can you share with us what, what those signs are? Um, yes. It happens more than once. I, I had to start writing it down because I would forget. About eight to ten times in the past 11 years, we will look down at the oddest places and there will be one purple Skittle sitting mm -hmm. there. Now, prior to the accident, she, Santa always gave her big five pound bags of Skittles and I like the purple ones. So she would pull them out and put them in a little baggie and put them on my nightstand. So whenever I look down and see a purple Skittle, I call that a hug from Kayla. She's still giving me purple Skittles. Um, and you know, one example that just really blew us away was we were in a store uh, debating if we should buy a bag of Skittles and bring it to the next holiday because sometimes we have a bowl of Skittles at each holiday. And for whatever reason, I changed my mind and I said, now nah, we're not going to do it. And I kind of tossed it back on the shelf. The bag broke open about one inch and one Skittle fell out and it was purple. And my husband said, I think Kayla's telling you to buy the bag of Skittles. So we did. <laughs> Oh, don't you love it? And I yeah. so love when men are on board with that, because sometimes that seems a little bit like men are like, oh, I'm not I'm not touching that. But I love that your husband was the one that said, I think this is Kayla saying we need to buy that bag of Skittles. Right. Right. Oh, man. That's so beautiful. I love that. And the thing is, I I have never enjoyed. And this is the stuff that's so powerful. These little stories that sometimes we're thinking um, you know, well, my little story, maybe that's not going to really touch anybody or, or have much meaning. But I know for me, when you told me the Skittle story and um, it, through an email, I got to read that little paragraph of what Kayla said about Skittles and how they relate to life. I don't care for Skittles. I, I'm more of a chocolate person. So that that kind of hard candy like that doesn't do it unless it's an M&M. <laughs> with chocolate in there right absolutely and so now every time I see Skittles who do you think I think about mm -hmm. and I, that's the thing that I find so beautiful about this is how everything is so interwoven with another person so just sharing these stories of these little things that our children did or and those that are still living that how they impact another person so now me not knowing Kayla at all, except through you, that now I get to carry Kayla forward because every time that I see a Skittle, it's like, ah, oh, sending you love and blessings, Kayla. I hope you're having a beautiful day, which I do believe that those who pass away are having beautiful days all of the time. Um, and I, I just find it a wonderful knitting together of, of another heart that 
I otherwise would not have known. And now I look at Skittles completely different, how we can start shifting and changing how we look at things because of how another person impacted our lives. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. So um, Sue, as we start to bring this in for a landing here, could you share with us a little bit more about, about compassionate friends and what it is your role that you play with compassionate friends and how you got into that role and how it serves other people? Yes, I heard about it through another mother who lost her daughter. Um, so it's an international organization for bereaved parents, grandparents, and siblings. Um, I'm a chapter leader. And basically, our meetings are non-professional-led support groups where everybody gets to go around and introduce themselves. Um, some people don't like to say a lot. They are there just to listen, and that's fine. And some people are there to talk and talk about their wonderful children, their wonderful, beautiful children. Um, so we just help each other out. Um, there are little tricks that um, other people say, well, this helped me, or I liked this, or I didn't like this. And one person may look at that and go, oh, I'm going to take, take that away and try that next time. Um, so it's an organization that has really helped me. And I feel like somebody handed me the box of tissue when I was newly bereaved. And so now I, I feel the need to pay it forward and do what I can to help out other parents going through this same ugly loss. Yeah. And how long, was, how long were you involved with Compassionate Friends before you became the, the leader of um, this chapter? I was attending about six years okay. and then because now I've been the leader about four or four and a half years. Okay. Okay. And that's for South of the river in the Metro area. Okay. And I imagine that that, that has to be hard, that there are times that um, when you're meeting and it, you're meeting once a month, but that because you're, you're back in that space again, I assume because I, I I've never been a team leader like this, so I don't know what that feels like, but I just would imagine that, that it can be very hard to be back in that raw space, especially with brand new parents coming in that are just at the beginning stages of bereavement and trying to find their footing. Right. When new people come in and that pain is raw, you see it and you feel it. Um, and you remember those days. You remember what those dark days were like. Um, but it's it's also good to just see everyone helping everyone. It isn't even just me facilitating. It's, you know, the whole group as a collection um, just does so wonderful together and helps each other out. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Do you ever, when new when a new family comes in, and they're raw with that emotion. Do you ever feel Kayla's presence there with you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny that you say that. If somebody just brings up Skittles, there's another person in the group whose child really loves Skittles. Then oh. I can tell my story. I'm like, oh, yep, Kayla, you must be right here behind us, yeah. laughing and telling, reminding us about the Skittles. Oh, don't you love it? I just yeah. love it. 
Oh, oh Sue, I am so grateful for your time. I'm so grateful uh, for you sharing your story and sharing Kayla's story and how it impacted your entire family, how it impacted um, Hallie and the other recipients that received her organs uh, that you were blessed to be able to meet and have conversations with and see face to face. I find that just so, it, it's just uh, like a closed loop. It just kind of brings that whole thing full circle around. And um, I'm just in awe of that. And I'm so grateful for your time and sharing all of this information with us. We've always said as our family, we didn't have a choice in losing Kayla but we have a choice in how we live our lives going forward. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Absolutely. That's beautiful. Sue, if people wanted to get in touch with you to find out more information about compassionate friends, how would they do that? Yes, you can email me at borgerson at charter.net, B-O-R-G-E-R-S-O-N, at charter.net or my phone number for compassionate friends is 952-797-6346 and you can text or or call or email either way you can get a hold of me awesome well thank you so much and that information how to reach out and be in contact with you will also be in the show notes so if you weren't able to write that down don't worry that will all, all that information will be in the show notes. So Sue, thank you so very much. I'm so grateful. And um, from my heart to your heart um, and from my daughter to your daughter, so much love to you and many, many blessings and many more years of sharing the grace and beauty and love of Kayla. Thank you, Nada. Thank you. Bye-bye for now. See you all next week. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information you can use right away. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our show and don't forget to rate and review right there on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.